subject to human nature is one of the oldest questions we have asked about our speech, but one that is still unanswered. What fears, behaviors, and competences develop in any natural setting because they are part of the inheritance of all human beings? And what aspects of psychological development are mainly the product of cultural and child development that appear from birth to adolescence? Through this film, you will see the importance of the child's specific environment. This in diet, disease, schooling, variety of experience, and parent-child interaction will also determine whether a particular capacity or competence will appear early or late. We have chosen three settings in three different locations that differ in their economy, ecology, isolation, and degree of modernization. Our setting in Japan is a modern industrial community of 2,000 people. Most of the families who live here are working class, and fathers are generally employed as truck drivers or in the lumber industry. There are schools, libraries, books, television, and easy access to manufactured goods. The second setting is rural Kenya in East Africa, a village of 700 people who live close to the land and make their living by growing crops and raising cattle. Most of the children receive elementary education, but far less go on to secondary school. There is no electricity in the village and therefore no television or movies. Although the adults do have access to a larger nearby town for shopping and visiting, life for most of the children, and many adults too, is restricted to the village. isolated setting is in northwest Guatemala, an Indian mountain village of some 900 people who work the land growing corn and beans. The villagers usually speak their own Indian dialect rather than Spanish. And education generally consists of a few years of haphazard attendance in a local school taught by teachers who speak almost nothing of the Indian dialect. There is little identification with the larger national Spanish-speaking community. Yet, despite the dramatic differences in daily experience, access to education, and child-rearing, there are some basic similarities in the growth patterns of the children in all three settings. In order to show these similarities, we have filmed children responding to certain tasks or standard tests. Infants are remarkably capable from the moment they begin to breathe. They can see, hear, smell, and are sensitive to pain, touch, and change of position. They exhibit a wide variety of reflexes, such as moving their heads and eyes to follow a moving light, 
sucking a finger or nipple put into their mouths. And when someone touches them in the corner of their mouths, they will turn in that direction, a response called the rooting reflex. Babies are able to cry, cough, and grasp objects placed in their hands. From the time they are 8 to 10 weeks old, infants seem capable of remembering past experiences. And as early as 3 to 4 months, they smile when they see the face of another person because he or she reminds them of their caretaker. But the ability to remember the past also makes children capable of becoming afraid. When children see someone unfamiliar, they become uncertain and anxious because they can't assimilate the discrepant event. An example of this principle is seen when the infant encounters a stranger. This event occurs somewhere between 7 and 14 months in most children over the world. When children are fearful and uncertain, they naturally turn to the people who have been taking care of them. These people are called objects of attachment, and they provide the comfort that children seek when they are in distress. Children also become frightened when they see unfamiliar objects. When this box, which makes unusual movements and noises, comes near, this girl is unable to understand the experience and becomes afraid. Toward the end of the first year, a host of other reactions appear. Some psychologists feel that this is the time when children first show their ability to think. When they begin to compare their knowledge of past experience with what they are experiencing at the moment. At about eight or nine months, children believe that an object exists even though it is out of sight. Prior to eight months, a child would not search for a toy hidden under a cloth. Now he will search for it and be surprised if it isn't there. Jean Piaget describes this development as object permanence. It is also about this time that children begin to show a large increase in babbling when they're excited and they become interested in events which they found boring a few months before. Separation anxiety also emerges during this period. Now a child will cross his mother leaves him in a strange place or with a strange person. This distress grows in intensity up to about 24 months of age and then begins to decline. Children usually do not show separation anxiety until they are about eight months. One interpretation of this fact is that it is only toward the end of the first year that children are mature enough to ask themselves questions about where their mothers are going, what will happen, and whether they will return. But they are not mature enough to answer those questions and will not be until months later. Then they will no longer be afraid. Another growth pattern that appears between 9 and 24 months can be seen in children's play. A child under 8 months old usually plays with only one object at a time using basic motor responses like sucking and banging. However, when they are one year old, children begin to relate two objects together. This child bangs a peg with a mallet. This one puts a ball in a cup. Finally, toward the middle of the second year, children engage in symbolic play. They now react to toys not only on the basis of their physical qualities, but on the basis of their meaning for them as well.
They will treat a toy cup as if it were a real cup, stir make-believe food, and treat a toy animal as if it were real. It is this ability to think symbolically which is necessary for language acquisition, and these two abilities develop in a parallel fashion. The human mind is so naturally attracted to symbolism that children unconsciously pick up some basic symbolic metaphors. When the interviewer asks this child which circle is male and which is female, the young child will normally pick the large one as masculine because adult males are generally larger than adult females. Though less universal, they will also view curved forms as symbolic of femininity and sharp forms as symbolic of masculinity. Children also construct metaphors for emotional states. When asked which design is sad and which is happy, this girl picks the less active design as sad and the more active one as happy. However, all cultures do not agree on metaphors. The Kenyan child responded to these lines in the opposite way. The specific knowledge that a child learns, such as his language or the beliefs of his family, are a function of the specific culture in which he grows up. However, psychologists believe there are a basic set of mental processes which are universal and develop in all children regardless of their setting. One basic process is perceptual analysis of the environment, being able to detect what is relevant in a noisy array. In this embedded figures test, a child is asked to find a triangle which is located in a larger drawing. Although children's abilities improve with age, even very young four- and five-year-olds are capable of doing this successfully, including the children from Kenya and Guatemala, who have had little access to pictures. Children also develop the ability to make perceptual inferences from minimal information. Here, the child was asked to guess the complete object from a few lines that merely suggest it. Children in all three cultures were able to guess that the lines represented a fish, a table, or a cup, and often to determine this on the earliest cards with minimal cues. Another important process that develops is memory. We are not talking about memory in the abstract, but rather memory for specific information and for a specific purpose. In this task, the children are requested to remember five different objects and their locations after each is covered with a cup. 
はい、じゃあ、ふたしてごらん。じゃあ、次はね、笛の入ってる角度だろう。はい、閉じてごらん。それじゃあ、今度はね、ボールのある角度だろう。ボールのあるところは、うん、じゃあ、持ち上げてごらん。違っちゃった。いいよ。うん。いいよ。Children from the three settings as young as four and five years old have little or no trouble remembering the location of any one of these five specific objects, whereas these same children could not remember and repeat five unrelated numbers. As they grow older, children can remember more objects because they develop strategies of coding and organizing. One strategy for remembering is to detect and impose categories on the information. Here, a girl is shown 12 objects belonging to different categories and is asked to study them. When the interviewer covers them up, she has to remember as many objects as she can. This child remembered 9 out of 12 objects. In general, the ability to recognize past experience is better than the ability to recall it. Although this six-year-old couldn't name or recall some of the objects under the towel, when the interviewer shows her the spoon, she has no trouble saying whether or not it was there. Not only do children remember information they have experienced, but they can also perform a variety of operations with what is in their memory. In this task, the child is asked to remember the orientation of the dolls in front of the examiner, whether they are upside down or right side up, and also to remember to invert the dolls that have a black dot in front of them. She has to perform a second mental operation on the information she has stored in memory. As children grow older and their memories improve, they become increasingly concerned about making mistakes. Here, this child has to pick out the drawing from below that is exactly like the one on top. Young children around four to six years are not particularly worried about whether their answers are correct and tend to be impulsive. Older children tend to be more reflective, taking longer to decide, and are more often correct. Moreover, children from the urban settings tend to be slightly more reflective than children from the rural settings, indicating a greater concern with error characteristic of urban industrial communities. The tendency to be more reflective and to show improved memory goes along with an increase in the ability to reason logically. Piaget suggests that when they are around six or seven years of age, children enter a stage of concrete operations. One test of this stage is called conservation of mass. 
When the child is first shown these two clay balls, he acknowledges that they are equal. But when one is transformed, the younger child says that they have been changed and are no longer equal. While the older child reasons that they are still of equal mass since nothing has been added or taken away. Children also conserve liquid. This child says that the two containers had the same amount of blue liquid. When the liquid from one container is poured into the tall, thin container, he realizes that the amount of liquid has not changed and is still equal. Rural children who don't attend school usually show conservation at about nine or ten years old, about three years behind children from modern urban environments. This delay between isolated rural and modern children holds true for many cognitive abilities. Symbolism, perception, memory, forethought, reflectivity, and the ability to transform information and memory develop in a set pattern and generally improve with age. But the children from urban communities show their greatest improvement in these cognitive skills between the ages of five to seven, while the children from the more isolated rural villages improve most between nine and eleven. Yet, however children have been brought up, sooner or later the basic intellectual abilities of our species emerge. The differences between children around the world have more to do with specific facts and beliefs than with the way their minds operate.